I was swiping on Tinder late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight, a monster on whom I must swipe right. Then suddenly, to my surprise, it was a match. It was a monster match. And then we smashed. We did the monster smash. It was a bash. We got on in a flash. We did the mash. We did the monster smash. a nice way to ease into it no i i hate being surprised <laughs> i don't have on my loud voice i'm gonna put i'm gonna start it with the part where you thumped your chest no anyway welcome to monster smash the podcast where we talk about romancing monsters this is a podcast for mature audiences i'm alex baker and i'm the hostess with the mostest oh hi i'm Paige, and in all forms except for physical i am deceased <laughs> so last time I asked you a question of why you're qualified to have a monster fucking podcast, but this time I want to ask you, what makes monsters so inherently sexy, either for you, for the general public, you know, just what, what do you think it is about them that makes them so desirable? Well, I think that's a really good question. Thanks. I think... You had some time to think about it. <laughs> I think that it really depends on kind of the type of monster you're thinking about, because I think all monsters have their own unique appeal like vampires have this sort of like scary seduction thing going on i think zombies or the undead it's kind of like the taboo and this idea of living in like a world apart and things that are like very against the grain i think ultimately it comes down to a form of escapism that being with a monster as a lover is unlike anything you could ever experience with another human it's sort of like fantasy, but like the flip side. Fantasy kind of like elevates things, you know, above reality or in a whole different world. And I think like the idea of fucking monsters is sort of the reverse where it's like you're kind of like shirking reality and you're kind of like, you know, you're like, fuck the rules, fuck society. I'm going against everything I'm supposed to. And I think that can be very freeing and very sensual mm. in the right context. All right. I like that. I like that. I'm not going to answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we we know you like... Wow, my brain really went... We know you like the monster milkers. <laughs> Some monsters got big milkers. They do got big milkers. <laughs> Sorry, mommy. Sorry, mommy. Sorry, monster. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I just like the supernatural element of being able to like fuck someone upside down or like... That's fair. You know, you just got the supernatural. You can just do diff entirely different yeah. things. Different anatomy. The body, yeah. is, the body of monsters is insane. You got wings, you got scales, you got fangs. I described a dragon. <laughs> but. You did. I, I just think they're beautiful and they're all, un they're all misunderstood just like me. Wow. Aww. Anyway, so I'm going to go first this week. Um, but before we do that. What the fuck? We're going to do housekeeping. Uh, the I, thing I told you about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> What we were going to do. There was a whole moment with There's the cat. So before we get started this week, um, we have a couple housekeeping things we want to just talk about. Um, so first of all, we realized um, in episode one, we kind of just like hit the, hit the ground running, um, which was fun. But we did want to take a second and just kind of explain what we classify as monsters for the show. Um, so the types of things we're going to be talking about here. 
the main thing is that I think for us, broadly speaking, monsters are any non-human entity, you know, of any, any shape and size, like you said, dragons, vampires, internet monsters, folklore, cryptids, maybe a scary Disney villain animal or something, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. So long as it's not human, we're going to go ahead and call it a monster and say it's fair game for the show. Well, just jumping off that, I don't want people listening thinking we're ever going to do, like, like actual monsters. Like, there, there is never, we're not going to talk about serial killers or school shooters. This is not that kind of podcast. This is a fun... We're not here to have our listeners be like, Ted Bundy was so hot. Oh, no. No. We're not here for it. No, that's not what we're doing. This is not the kind of podcast we may do characters inspired or you know loosely based off of those but they will never be directly those kind of characters we're not talking about those monsters we're talking about fun sexy fake monsters that have done fake things to fake people none of it is real yeah um to that end i also wanted to talk about uh just a little bit more explicitly the reasoning behind putting the phantom of the opera in episode one because i'm sure there are some people out there who are like He's a human, and he's just, like, a differently abled human who has, you know, different stuff going on. Correct. I just want to clarify that we are in no way saying that having different abilities makes you less than human. That's not at all what's going on. We put the Phantom in there because he's monstrous based on the actions he takes and the things he does. And he's part of the Universal Studios classic monster lineup. Um, which is why we put him in that episode. So I just wanted to be really explicit and acknowledge that that's um, a, pretend a potentially problematic take and that that was the reasoning we took with The Phantom of the Opera. Um, please don't at me, and I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings. Yes, and, and just so you guys know, we do we are trying to record these several weeks in advance. So if there's, you know, if there is ever a problem and you hear an, ep an episode comes out and we don't you know, get to it. We, we don't address it in the next couple. We will, we will get to it as soon as possible, but we are trying to do these as, you know, we want to try and give ourselves as much time to record and edit and, and get to new, get to new stuff as well. So yeah, don't think we're ignoring you or we're not, or we're trying to avoid anything. Please feel free to contact us through all, any of our social medias or do we have an email? Yes. monstersmashpod at gmail.com. Monstersmashpod.com. That'll be in the description. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. <laughs> All the information will be somewhere written down. Yeah. You don't have to write it down for my words. That's fair. But yeah, but that, that's just, yeah, good, good housekeeping. Yay. Good. So <laughs> the final thing, um, as we get into today's episode is Paige, what's your monster this week? Tell me. Your oh, monster. oh, my monster is the Babadook. Paige or, is doing the Babadook. Or Babadook. If you're Australian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And I will be doing Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show. And we chose these two monsters um, because they are both LGBT icons. They are. So we try really hard to pick monsters that are going to have like a fun interplay between them. And we just want to let you guys know uh, from here on out, we'll tell you kind of what our reasoning was. So that's the reasoning behind this week's episode. Yes. So, um... Please enjoy. That was great. Anyway, so yeah, I'm doing, and then I wrote down a fun little, if it's in a word or it's in a look, you can't get rid of the Duck. So here's the rundown. So Amelia is the main character. She lives a very sad little life with her young and needy child, and uh, her husband is dead. Samuel is her son, and he's 
basically a bunch of burden on his still grieving mother, but he, try, he tries to be a good boy. One day, Samuel picks up a book to read as a bedtime story, and Amelia, uh, she's never seen this book before, and it's called Mr. Babadook. The book depicts a strange creature who will come into people's houses and haunt them. And when the book upsets Sam, as he's a little boy, and it should, Amelia tries to get rid of it several different times. However, the book keeps reappearing with new drawings of Amelia doing increasingly more disturbing things like killing the family dog, killing her son, killing herself, uh, all under the influence of the Babadook. If you haven't seen this, the pop-up book prop that they have is actually really kind of beautiful, and I think it's... I think it's really interesting and I, I really like the, the way this, they stylized the book and I know you can buy it so I may, one day, I will have it. So after Amelia ends up completely possessed by the Babadook, she kills the dog and then she tries to kill Samuel too, which is kind of the prophecy that happens in the book. However, while it's happening, Samuel shows her kindness while she is strangling him to death and she somehow that frees her from the Babadook's control. The Babadook next tries to go after Samuel, but Ama Amelia finally faces him head on and the Babadook ends up fleeing into the basement because now he, she has confronted him. Life is better at the end of the movie. Life is better for both Samuel and Amelia, but Amelia at the very end is seen going down to the basement to feed the Babadook worms and maggots. He lashes out at her one last time, but she's able to talk him down and he just quietly eats his bowl of insects. Nice. That's, that's, that's kind of the quick rundown of the movie. It's, you know, it's kind of a strange movie. You don't often see the monster at the end be tamed. It's either usually dead or it's one. It's, I think it's an interesting take on defeating a monster, just learning to live with it. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I'll get into that more in a second. So just a little bit of backstory slash fun facts of the movie. So the Babadook was actually portrayed by the movie's art department assistant. This, this guy was not an actor. You know, he was just already working on the film. Uh, his name is Tim Purcell. He is only on screen for about less than a minute in the, in the entire movie. And like I said, a woman, Jennifer Kent, wrote and directed the movie. She's Australian, but you know, props for women. She's a really great, uh, I think, horror writer. You may not be able to get it if you haven't seen the movie or couldn't tell from my description, but The Babadook is the physical embodiment of grief from Amelia losing her husband. So that's why in the end the monster doesn't go away or is defeated. She just has to learn to live with her grief of her husband dying, but she can learn to move on, but it will always be with her. So let's get into the fun part. This is titled, How the Babadook Became a Gay Icon and Aftermath. An essay an by <laughs> Page Redacted. Redacted. Page Redacted. I think this is great. This is really the whole reason for having him on here. I mean, he's a great monster, but really this is what it is. So in October 2016, Tumblr user Instagram posts, whenever somebody says the Babadook isn't openly gay, it's like, did you even watch the movie? And that was followed by many other users either agreeing or disagreeing with them. Then later on in June of 2017, Tumblr user Taco Del Rey, which I think is really good, posted a screenshot from their Netflix account where the Babadook movie is under the LGBT movies tab and wrote, so proud that Netflix recognizes the Babadook as gay representation. <laughs> I mean, great point. I, you know, is it real? Was it a real photo? Was it Photoshop? I don't give a fuck. I think it's perfect the way it is. So then, you know, after both of those happen, both Twitter and Tumblr explode with gay Babadook memes and praise for our new queer overlord. People that year at Pride even dressed up as him or had signs with him on it, which I think is awesome. Later on that year, people on Twitter were also saying that the Babadook and Pennywise were dating. 
Which is it? Which I I gotta say is not true because Pennywise is a known homophobe, so he can't be he can't be queer. Fair. I'm sorry. We all like if you didn't, we all watch those movies. He's an asshole to the gays. So yeah. So I think that's I think that's probably the best part about this monster. Uh, not a lot of movie monsters become gay icons, uh, especially in general, but then also after the fact that the movie has come out. That's Like I said, that was 2016, the movie came out in 2014. It, it was just stewing, waiting for people to, to see what, what, what it really was. The director has also acknowledged that this is a thing, and there was even a special edition released where the cover was actually the pride flag with the Babadook standing in front of it. Hell yeah. That is a real thing. That's incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. So yeah, uh, moving forward in appearance, so, like, the Babadook has a great goth aesthetic. He's got, you know, he's got, like, what, like, paint, painted white face, sharp teeth, really long fingers, got black lipstick, black eyeshadow, shoulder length, like, black hair. I don't mm -hmm. think it's greasy. Like, it looks nice. <laughs> it looks well-maintained. Yeah. He looks like he really cares. Mm -hmm. uh, he also has white irises, which I think is kind of, it's kind of a fun touch. He has a great outfit. He's just really all we can see is he's wearing a long dark coat, a top hat, and gloves. But I just, uh, yeah, that's a great goth, gay goth aesthetic. GG. <laughs> Next is cons. You know, okay, so what's what's wrong with this monster? Okay, so maybe, maybe he's the physical embodiment of grief because someone you love died. A little bit of a downer. That's not great. I, but you know what? I'm already fucking depressed. So he can't, he can't hurt me any more than I've already been hurt. <laughs> <laughs> he can't bring me any lower. Yeah, yeah, we're perfect. Uh, you know, maybe he'll drive you crazy, make you want to kill animals and children. Not great. But you, you know. You only have one of those things. That's true. You know, uh, another thing is he eats a lot of bugs. So that's kind of gross. This may be a pro or con, but you're gonna have to be the one that introduced him to new food. So, you know, maybe that's either great or it's not, depending on who you are. I think I it would be a problem for me because I'm not very adventurous. So I'd be like, fine, let's have bugs again tonight. <laughs> Damn it, Babadook. Uh, last one is, <sighs> Babadook, I'm sorry to do you dirty like this. This guy's definitely a virgin. I hate to say it, but like, you're not really gonna get with the ladies or the guys if you're the if you're the physical embodiment of grief. Like, I hate to say it. I hate to do him dirty, but I think he's a verge. A verge verge. GG. Good goth virgin. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's a, once again, that could be a pro or con. Some people, they want to fuck virgins. Some people don't. But you know, like, whatever. Everyone's a virgin at some point in their life. Anyway, so moving on to pros. This is, this is where he shines. I think I think the pros outweigh the cons. Yeah, whatever, grief, death, blah, blah, blah. However, the Babadook prefers dark spaces like closets and basements and only comes out in the dark recesses. Oh, so he is a gay. So he is a gay. He loves to hide. <laughs> and he hates the outside world. And he's, I don't think he's like afraid of people, but he's not really like, he's not open with a lot of people. He's got supernatural powers. He can climb on the ceiling. He can... Like, just be a shadow instead of a person. That's kind of fun. It's mm -hmm. kind of sexy. He's going to be really good at hide-and-go-seek if you guys ever play. True. Uh, this is my favorite one. You you can say, give me that Baba Dick. <laughs> <laughs> give me that Baba Dick, baby. Give me that baby. Baba Dick, Baba, hey, Baba Dick. Give me that Baba Dick. <laughs> so I think that's horrifying. And the best part, he's got long fingies. You know where those long oh. fingies can go. Mm -hmm. uh, they can scratch your head really well. 
And also of your pussy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say they can pick your nose really good. Ew. I mean, yeah, if you're into that shit. <laughs> uh, last one. As Tumblr user Necromantics pointed out, he literally wrote a book about himself to start some drama. Which is, first, gay. And second of all, it shows his, create, his creative side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you know, like, he's not just a scary monster. He, he has depth. He's an artist. He's a storyteller. I think, I can't remember if the book rhymes or not, but, you know, he has this whole thing. It's like an autobiography. And I really respect that. And he can, and he updates it frequently. So yeah, so overall that, that's the Babadook, guys. I think he's a really great monster. He's gay. He's... You are gay? You are gay. He's gay. He's goth. And he's here. Next up. <laughs> <laughs> the Babadook versus Frankenfurter. Great. Okay, so this week I am doing Dr. Frankenfurter from the cult classic movie The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Woo! Um, fuck this bitch. <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, you should just watch it because what I'm about to tell you is going to sound absolutely batshit if you have no context. Yeah, if you guys thought like maybe Babadook was like, oh, I couldn't quite follow what she was saying. You, pause this podcast. We'll be here when you get back. <laughs> Go watch Rock I think you can, you can rent it on YouTube for like a buck or whatever. You can, it's fine. Don't pirate it. Wink. Don't pirate it. Wink, wink. Yeah, but if you, if you haven't seen it, this is... You're going to have to watch it a couple times probably and let it soak in and then watch it another time and then come back. Well, don't worry. I I can sit here for a few days. Yes, yeah, it's fine. I already will. Um, the first time I watched it, I was in uh, eighth grade and it was Halloween and I watched it with both my parents. Bad. my mom had a weird sense of boundaries <laughs> growing <laughs> up. She was like, this is fine. <laughs> I can't wait for one day for your mom to listen to this. Yeah. And her to be like, what the fuck? She also took me to Memoirs of a Geisha when I was in sixth grade because I was a little weeb. Uh, and that one, I think, was even more questionable. So here's to parents watching inappropriate movies with their kids. Yeah, I purposely... My mom had... I, I got to go see Rent, um, like the the, <laughs> the adult version yeah, yeah, of Rent. Not Rent Jr. <laughs> no, Rent. no, no. And I got to go see it with some friends. And so I went and then like my mom was like, hey, I have tickets. You want to go see it again? I was like, not with you. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I love you, Mom, but I can't sit there and watch Contact where everyone fucks each other on stage. Yeah. So that's basically the last half of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Also. Everyone fucks each other on stage, okay. and I can't yeah. sit with my mom. So, <laughs> and you can't you can't watch your mom. <laughs> you can't sit with us. Um, so the history of Rocky Horror Picture Show um, is broadly that it's a 1975 musical comedy horror film by 20th Century Fox. It was written by Richard O'Brien and a co-writer whose name has escaped me. And I'm not going to go find it. There was another guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> Richard O'Brien was also in the cast and played the character of Riff Raff. Um, so that's just a fun little thing. It was also the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I did not know this. Was originally a play called the Rocky Horror Show. Oh. And when it got the film adaptation, they changed it to Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's fun. So I just think that's fun. Yeah. So as I said, it's a musical. The whole thing is basically an homage to old, like, B-horror movies, old sci-fi, like, kind of like the schlocky horror stuff. 
really just fun, campy, kitschy, like the whole thing. So the basic plot. Oh, uh, my notes here. I just said basically just a movie about sex and quote unquote alternative lifestyles. <laughs> That's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. It is a cult classic that is um, beloved by audiences so much that um, for a long time they did midnight uh, showings at movie theaters. Um, and they still do today in some theaters, um, often around Halloween. Uh, the audience will dress up like the characters, act out the movie, they'll respond to lines and sometimes um, even throw things at the screen if you're in like a really fun showing. Yeah, if, um, you, if you go to a, what I like to call a quote-unquote advanced screening, um, people, you will basically not even be able to hear the lines that are actually being spoken. You will just hear people calling out things. Yeah. So you really want to know what, what's happening before you go to a midnight viewing. Yes, but um, highly recommend. Yeah, oh it's a God. good time. You should absolutely do it. Yeah. So the basic plot of this movie is that it's, like I said, it's this kind of homage to old horror and science fiction. So the movie roughly follows the story of uh, this young couple named Brad and Janet who just got engaged. Um, they're driving to visit an old friend one night, uh, when their car breaks down outside of a mysterious giant castle in the middle of the woods. Uh, the castle is owned by the mysterious Dr. Frank N. Furter, who turns out to be a transvestite alien from the planet called Transylvania. And I just want to note, uh, for PC purposes, that is not the correct terminology to use today, but I am using it because that's the language in the film. So don't at me. <laughs> Yes. There's a whole song called Sweet Transvestite. It's great. Listen to it. Don't call people transvestites. Yes. The correct term is now transgender. Or just trans. Yeah. It was the 70s and it's... Different time. Different time. Dr. Frankenfurter is in the process of building a man, uh, much like the traditional Frankenstein story. He's building a man whose name is going to be Rocky. Brad and Janet arrive on the night that Rocky is set to like be born, basically. They're going to... Frankenfurter's gonna create him. They witness the creation of this man and are later shown to their room, their separate rooms in the castle. I should note that while this is going on, there's a huge party. There's all these like weird people around. Frankenfurter is like very sexually into both Brad and Janet. He's just kind of all over everybody. Like as soon as they walk in, he makes them strip down to their underwear. Under the pretense of, like, your clothes are wet from the rain. But then they're just kind of sitting there in their underwear, like, okay. <laughs> to their credit, they both really go with it. Um, especially considering they're both virgins. Um, <laughs> they're both waiting for marriage. It's like, that's like, you know, a big part of it is that they're both these two pure, red-blooded American yeah, kids. White bread, cookie cutter. Yeah, who are waiting for marriage. Um, <laughs> Brad, Janet, and the Babadook, the virgins of this the episode. The virgins of this episode. <laughs> So anyway, after they watch the creation of Rocky, Brad and Janet, um, they wind up having to spend the night at the castle because their car broke down. So they're shown to separate rooms. Later that night, Dr. Frankenfurter comes to Brad and Janet separately, disguised as the other one. So he goes to Brad, disguised as Janet, and then seduces him and starts having sex with him. And Brad figures out pretty quickly that it's not Janet, and then, you know, he's kind of like, oh, God, like, you know, I was waiting for marriage. And then Frankenfurter's like, yeah, but didn't you like it, though? Um, did you like the <laughs> little boy? definitely did. Oh. Um, and then he does the same thing to Janet where he goes in and pretends to be Brad, has sex with her. And she's kind of like, what the fuck? But 
it's sort of like the seal is broken at that point where it's like, well, we've had a little sex. Everything, I guess everything's fine. We can do whatever we want now. Later on, and I'm leaving out a lot of plot points because this just won't make sense if I say everything. Later on, Rocky, the man that Frankenfurter had created, um, winds up escaping from his room and Janet finds him and they wind up sleeping together. She still hasn't slept with her actual fiance, but you know, good for her. Um, Frankenfurter is furious with Janet. He's also angry at Brad and basically everyone else at the castle at this point. Like it's not going well. He's really upset because Rocky doesn't seem to be like into him. And he, if it's not clear, he purely created Rocky as this like beautiful muscle man for the purpose of having sex with him, basically. So Frankenfurter's mad that things are not going well. He winds up the kind of climax of the film. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that he winds up um, chasing everyone around his castle with this device that turns them to stone. He catches everyone and then brings them to the castle's theater where he basically dresses them up and then when he unfreezes them, turns them back to back to humans, um, they put on this big floor show slash orgy. And yes, it's as bizarre as it sounds. All seems to be forgiven because at this point they're all just kind of having sex with each other and having a good time. It seems like everything's cool. But then at the last second, one of Frankenfurter's servants turns on him and it's revealed that he's also from the planet Transylvania um, and he's going to take Frankenfurter back to their homeworld as a prisoner. The movie ends with, very suddenly, with Rocky dying as he's trying to save Frankenfurter from this servant who's turned on them. Um, and the castle, which seems to actually be a spaceship, basically like blasts off and disappears into the night. Brad and Janet are left behind, devastated and changed by the experience. That's... That's the plot, folks. It's a weird one. Like I said, um, it's a crazy plot. Super kitschy. Um, it's also super low budget, and it shows. <laughs> um, cheap costumes, a lot of reused plots. Bizarre editing, which is the, like some of the callbacks uh, when you're like in an audience that's participating is like just these like shoutouts to like weird bits where like nothing's happening on screen and stuff. Uh, the movie stars a young Tim Curry as Frankenfurter. Ooh. highlight of the film which i gotta say personally it really does it for me it does it for everyone okay. page I know. sorry tim curry's hot no sorry but yeah <laughs> no but um, you're not special <laughs> everyone's attracted to him okay i just mean tim curry in general yeah okay. young tim curry is very hot mm -hmm. that's fair sorry go ahead. oh yeah you do have a pinup of a frankenfurter in your room i so. do i bought it a couple months ago i love it a lot yeah very sexy boy um <laughs> Other people of note in this film, Susan Sarandon is uh, Janet. Woo! Uh, Barry Bostwick is Brad. And then um, Meatloaf, the rock star, is a character I didn't mention named Eddie. Um, so Meatloaf is in the film, and that's fun. Which is personally, I think, the, I think the best part. Yeah. He's in it for like 10 minutes. He has like maybe. one song, but it's the best song. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah. Watch it for that alone, if nothing else. The movie was remade in 2016, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Thank you. It's not that bad. It's just not good. So I'm focusing on Dr. Frankenfurter today. Normally I would do pros and cons, but Dr. Frankenfurter's big pro is his sex appeal. So I just did a whole section on his sex appeal. That's great. I have that. Um, as, we've, as we've established, Tim Curry is the ultimate sex symbol. Um, he has this iconic look. 
with the fishnet tights, the black corset, the pearls, incredible makeup with this like lip liner and like crazy eyeshadow queen. Like it's amazing. It's this awesome androgynous gender bendy costume and Tim Curry wears the hell out of it. It's so good. I also put as a note, I, you know, I'm a sucker for the fucking smudgy eyeliner too. Mm -hmm. That's why I like pirates so much. So this Tim Curry (laughs) really does it for me. Tim Curry also played a pirate at one point, so. True. You get the best of both worlds with this man. You do. He can, he can, he has the range. He has the range. And he sings, and it's great. He Um, dances. So, uh, moving beyond Tim Curry to Frankenfurter. Okay. He looks human, but he's an alien from another planet, which is always a sexy thing to be. Always sexy to be from beyond the stars. You know what? Like, mysterious background beyond our understanding. It's great. Um, Frankenfurter is gender fluid slash trans, so he's flexible in bed. He can be all things to all people. He's very experimental and like, he's just down for anything. I think the best term would probably be pansexual for him. Like, he's just, he has like no preference. He's attracted to, you know, anyone and everyone, basically. Mm -hmm. Frankenfurter has incredible charisma. Everyone wants to be with him. One character who... Uh, you might recognize as Columbia. She's got the red hair and the bright gold like suit top hat thing. Um, she is literally listed as his groupie in the opening credits. So just Frankenfurter has this like crazy animal magnetism. People are just drawn to him and they just want to be with him. He's also a genius. He is Dr. Frankenfurter. That's true. I don't know if he's ever been to medical school. <laughs> I don't think this man's ever been to medical <laughs> exactly. school. Exactly. Um, But he did build Rocky from scratch, and that's pretty cool. He's introduced as a scientist in the opening credits. I also pointed out that I love the brooding scientist slash genius trope. Like, so you've got Frankenfurter, you've got characters like Sherlock, House. I love, like, the intellect, and, you know, I hate to admit it, but I kind of like it when people are really smart, and then it gives them free range to be an asshole because they're, like, two steps ahead of everyone. And it's okay because they're just that smart. Um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of that is a, that is a trope that I I do kind of like that too. Yeah, uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm just saying it's a thing. You're definitely not saying you hope that's you one day, but yeah, is that why we're friends? Because you are always two steps ahead of me. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it is. I also put um, just some kind of stuff about him. Uh, I'm pretty sure Doctor Frankenfurter has daddy issues. If you've seen the movie, there's a whole bit at the end where he has this whole ballad about how he's going home and it's he left and it's like a big dramatic thing. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's got daddy issues. Sorry, this is part of his sex appeal. No, sorry. I guess this is just this is this was just a note I made. I didn't oh, okay. know where to put it. <laughs> I um, was like, I mean, some people like people with daddy issues. That's fair. He also uh, a lot of people just don't get him. Like Frankenfurter has reached a point where. He doesn't really care what other people think of him, which is very freeing, but also makes him an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in bed, generally speaking, I think Frank probably likes to be in charge. Mm. But by definition, he's experimental and adventurous, so he's down to try anything once. If you suggest something that he hasn't done or heard of before, he's, he's down for whatever it is. I shouldn't have to say this. He's obviously very experienced in bed, as again, the whole movie is about his, like sexual appeal and like exploits and stuff so that is a pro is that he has probably done and tried everything and can introduce you to a lot of new things he's also really flexible in bed so like 
You want to be dominated? He's got that. You want like a tender lover who's gonna like make love to you slowly? Done. You want to get really high and just lay in bed talking about life and the universe? Done. He's down for anything. He'll take on many roles and personas in bed depending on what you're into. Um, cause we see that we see him do this in the movie with Brad and Janet, which I'll come back to that. <laughs> You want him to pretend to be your fiance when he fucks you? He could do that. I mean, yeah. He like, has the you rage. know what? Frank wouldn't get mad if you were having sex with him and you called out someone else's name. Uh, he wouldn't even care. He'd probably love it. He'd be like, "Ooh, who's Ben? Yep, tell ben. me more. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? Yeah, call me Ben. I'll yeah. be Ben for yeah, you. Yeah, he's like, I'll be Ben. That's fine. Like, he wouldn't care. That's true. I think as long as he is long. Wow. Jeez. Cover me, Sky Daddy. Anyways. <laughs> Hope you like the ASMR rain um, and thunder. Okay, Thor. <laughs> Whatever to you at some is point. going on. As I said, Frank is really concerned with his own pleasure. Mm. He built Rocky just to fuck him. While this can make him selfish in bed, it also means he's focused and determined to reach his goals. He's really creative, um, and if you're the object of his affection and you have a particular desire or fantasy that like you want to live. He'd probably go really far to try and make that happen for you. Um, again, he's purely selfish, so like he's got to get something out of it. Like it has to be something that also interests him or that he thinks is going to benefit him. But mostly, like he's in it. He's also very performative in probably every way possible. Um, he loves costumes and fashions. He's all about the aesthetic. This is mostly fun, but he may try to change you to fit his image better, which leads us into the cons. Yeah. As we mentioned before, uh, Frank is kind of a huge asshole. He's not... Whoops. He's definitely not the hero of the story. I think they try to position Riff Raff as, like, the big secret twist villain, but it's also kind of Frankenfurter. He is super selfish. He literally created a whole person just to fuck him and then couldn't handle it when that person had autonomous wants and desires. So that's not great. He's a manipulator. Um, he's not really honest. He's great with costumes and disguises and is not above tricking people to sleep with them if that's what he wants, which we see him do with Brad and Janet. So yeah. that's not like ethical or cool. He has to be the center of attention. Frankenfurter likes to surround himself with admirers and fans, but he also grows bored with people really fast, mm. um, which we see with this character, Columbia, who was his groupie. And then as soon as he gets it in his mind to build a man from scratch, he basically tosses her out the window and is like, I don't, you know, you bore me now. Like, I don't care. Um, so he's very kind of fickle with his lovers. Um, oh, yeah, he also does a little murder. <laughs> I didn't Oops. mention that in the plot, but he does murder someone. So, uh, yeah. R.I.P. Meatloaf. Oh, Meatloaf. Um, <laughs> also, I don't know why I put this as the last bullet. Like, it's the worst thing. <laughs> he's kind of passive-aggressive. <laughs> aggressive he's kind of a uh, there's like this whole dinner party scene that's really tense because frank is mad at everyone but he won't say that he's mad at them um and he's like carving the meat for dinner and it's just like terribly awkward so yeah that's um that's frankenfurter wow um i gotta say really quickly i would rather have someone be uh, someone murder me than like be passive aggressive at me because i'd rather die than cry <laughs> how horrible uh that was really great. I, mean, I love that. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Do you want to tell me about a date with the Babadook? Sure. 
Uh, if you're not familiar, since there's only been one other episode you may or may not have listened to, this is a portion where we talk about, uh, you know, like a, like a little date with these, with these sweet boys or people. Or, or monsters. Monsters. Okay, so here's what, here's what a typical date, or just like, you know, what, what a typical date I would like for, for the Babadook to have. This is also second person, so you can close your eyes and imagine this. So, so what do the gays love, Alex? Tell me, what, what do you think the gays love? Um, Don't answer, I'll tell you. Okay. Hiding from the world and clubbing. Okay, I was going to say drag, which I Oh, like. okay. Ooh, that's kind of That kind of goes hand in hand with the yeah, clubbing thing. That's true. <laughs> I feel like, you know, the, from what how he's depicted, I feel like the Babadook is a real homebody. You know, you're not really... You're going to you really have to con- convince him to go out to the club with you because he's really he wants to hide away. But once you get there, I think he's going to have a great time. But it will take a lot of hyping him up to get there, to even get dressed, get going, you know. Unfortunately, I think, see, I think the problem with going out the Babadook, with the Babadook is he's going to be getting a ton of attention. And people, people are just going to love him. He's going to walk into anywhere and people are just going to, like, eyes right to him. They're going to want to talk to him. They're going to compliment him. They're going to, like, really be paying attention You're to You're going to be them. really drawn in by that pasty yes. white skin. Yes, the drama. dark eyes. Yeah. yeah. They're just gonna be like, what's this? What's this guy's deal? I want to go talk to him. So you know, it may kind of, that may kind of get in the way of like you two just being alone and talking. So there's always gonna be an att- attention on them. But you know, Babadook, he's he's focused on you. You know, that's 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 who, that's who he's here for. He really he finds one person and he focuses in on that. I feel like the Babadook is probably really shy. So it's gonna be it's gonna be like, you know, a little awkward until you get get some drinks into him, and then he's gonna just. This man is gonna tear it up on the dance floor. It's gonna be, it's gonna be sloppy, <laughs> and it's gonna be like a lot of falling down. I was just thinking of how tall the Babadook yeah! is, and so he's gonna be like seven, eight feet tall, just towering above everyone, <laughs> drunkenly like swaying from side to side. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna need a lot of room, and yeah, he's gonna be stumbling around. So I feel, once you're done with clubbing, I feel like you're gonna need to grab some fast food, and I and I said feed that disaster of a man. <laughs> I feel like yeah, he's so tall. It's gonna take. It's gonna be really expensive mm-hmm. to have to feed him and get him drunk, but he's gonna have a great time doing it. Yes. When you get home, you're both just gonna probably just gonna pass the fuck out and sleep hard. And in the morning, if so, I like to do uh, if it does end in sex or it doesn't end in sex. So if the date doesn't end in sex, you're gonna wake up with a pretty nasty hangover. Uh, you're probably gonna cook cook the two of you some breakfast and. You're just going to kind of nurse those hangovers and hang out with each other for a little bit. However, if the date does end in sex, I feel like, once again, you're going to, you're going to get up, you're going to eat some breakfast, and then you're going to get into that shower, baby. Mmm. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think you're going to have to actually shower in the dark. Like, the lights will have to be turned off because I, I don't understand or I can't see the Babadook wanting to or being able to take off his clothes. I don't know how his clothes work. I don't know if they're a part of his body. I don't know <laughs> okay. if they're removable. Okay. I don't know what he looks like underneath. Do you want to know? Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, I don't know how it all works. Okay. So he's going to get as, he'll be, <laughs> he'll be as naked in his own way as he can be. Okay. And you're going to fuck in the shower. Okay. Listen, lubricant's not a good idea, but this man's supernatural. He got, <laughs> he got fuck you no matter what. I feel like he's not a man of many words, so he's probably going to be kind of quiet. Do you feel like, maybe you're getting to this, do you feel like the Babadook 
Like, you need to call the shots with the Babadook when it comes I've, to sex. Yeah. Like, you need to guide him. Yeah. I mean, I guess he is a big virgin, so. Yeah I, ha- yeah, I do have a point saying that he might not know what he's doing, really, in the beginning. Because virgin, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think he learns fast. Mm. I think he learns. He, he can, you know, he can kind of read a person. He can learn fast, kind of know what make, makes him tick in a sexy yeah. way. Mm. But, yeah, I think once he gets into it, he's going to get into it. Once he knows you, it's going to go well, but... Yeah, I think you might have to take the lead for a bit, because he's, he's a real Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> Along with that, I feel like you guys are somehow going to end up on the ceiling, or oh. on, like, the wall. Like, up okay. on the wall. Okay. He's kind of freaky. I feel yeah. like, once he's in, like I said, once he's into it, he's going to be dragging you all over the place. Yeah, I like this. I know. Don't let go. <laughs> you will fall. Uh, and then at the very, I, and then I, kind of the last thing is... I think this bitch got pointy ass teeth, so I feel like you're gonna end with a lot of bite marks everywhere. Mm. You're gonna be like feeling this for a while after. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of it. That's how I think the date would go. That's how I think it would end with or without sex. Um, like I said, I don't know what that Baba Dick looked like. Maybe <laughs> you don't have. Maybe you don't got a dick. Maybe he's got nothing. Maybe he's like a fucking Barbie doll. <laughs> and he got those long fingies. He's got those long fingies. He got those long fingies and, yeah. and that mouth. What that mouth do though? Mm. Bite. Bite. Uh, and it's full of bugs, so you're gonna want him to brush his teeth. Ooh, that's a really good yeah. point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he normally eats bugs, but I think once you introduce him, like, mm. here's a fucking fish fillet. Bugs are his depression meal, <laughs> so you gotta lift him up out of that. You gotta br- oh, that's a good point. He may be kind of a downer in general. Yeah. So yeah, you're gonna have to, like I said, he's gonna be homebody. He's kind of a downer. It's always gonna be you that's dragging him around for stuff. But he's, I think he's gonna have fun once he gets there. But mm-hmm. you just gotta convince him. So tell me, well, what was the date gonna? I'm so, I'm really curious what you came up with. Okay. What a date's gonna be like. So with this man. I don't. So here's the thing with Frank and Verter, and this is because Rocky Horror is like an homage to the whole idea of like going to the movies for a, like, double feature and that kind of stuff. I think there's going to be some classic elements on this date, but it's going to get wild at the end. I love that. So, as we've established, Frankenverter is flexible and wild, and honestly, you never know what to expect with him. So this is just one date, but a night with him could go so many different ways. He probably wants to, like, butter you up at first. Like, he he's very into, like, making you feel, like, welcomed and wanted. He's going to flatter you flirt with you, make you feel a little more comfortable Mm -hmm. with, like, whatever's about to happen. He might have his servant prepare a lovely dinner at his mansion. I think he has a little romantic streak, so I think he could be down for, like, a one-on-one, like, candlelit dinner. Or he might take you out to, like, a really swanky spot in town where he will stick out, like, a sore thumb because he's wearing this, like, black leather getup and you're, like, a very nice, like, fine dining establishment. Um, But he don't care what people think. And, like... You know what? He's here for a good time, not a long time. I think as long as he has at least pants on that cover yeah. his ass, like cover his genitals and ass. Yeah, he I might try okay. and get away with like chaps at some point, and you're gonna <laughs> have to steer chaps. him away from that. After dinner, you might go see a movie, um, but you won't remember anything about it because you and Frank will definitely be making out and getting handsy Ooh. in the back row. I thought you were gonna say you're gonna be drugged. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I was like, I Whoa. mean, he's unethical, but we're not going there. That's fair. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think whatever you do after dinner, whether it's a movie, whether it's going out to, like, make out point or whatever, it's all just, it's all a cover just to start getting physical with you because that's the end goal for Frank, so it's got to start somewhere. After the movie makeout session, the night is just getting started, as I said. 
Um, Frankenfurter's going to take you back to his place where he's also throwing a huge party. Um, there's <laughs> okay. just always people over at his mansion. So it's like as soon as he comes back, it's like, hey, Frankenfurter's back. It's like the party's back on. Um, so there's going to be, and I mean, this part also I think could happen out on the town, but Frankenfurter, I think he likes to control things and have things on his terms. So I think it's more likely that he would have people come to him. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be amazing costumes. There's going to be this like amazing like group energy. You will have to accept that almost everyone there is either an ex of Frank's or has already slept with him. Uh, that's such a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you got to feel really confident about <laughs> yeah. where you're at. Yeah. Um, the night is going to peak with a massive drunken orgy with Frank and the other guests at the party. Um, everyone's hot everyone's into each other so like if you're down for this it's a good fucking time Mm. if you're not into the orgy you might be able to convince frank to like run upstairs for like a quickie you know um but he's not doing aftercare he's not hanging out with you he will be coming back down to join the orgy because he has major fomo yeah he's got sexual fomo yeah he has to fuck everything and everyone so like he'll fuck you at some point if he wants to and if you're down for that but you can't, you're never going to be his only one. He's always going to have other people and you need to accept that no matter how like passionate your relationship is, it's probably not going to last super long. Yeah. I feel like he's more, I think it's going to be a lot more like flingy than like, yeah. Like if you maybe a summer romance, if you're lucky, uh, like maybe you get him for a season, but no more than that. Yeah. He's here for a good time. Not a long time. Yes. Yeah, so that's the date. It either ends with the orgy or, like, a one-on-one. But either way, Frank's having sex with more people than just you. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's that's the problem I have is you have to be really confident and, like, totally secure in your relationship or just know, like, yeah, it's going to be, like, maybe a month long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even then, he's not just going to be focused on you. Yeah. All right, that was pretty good. Thank I think, you. I think it's funny because I feel like last time, you know, there was there were similar elements between the, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon and the Phantom of the Opera, but I feel like this time, I feel like the Babadook and I feel like Frankenfurter would would could pair up. Oh, I feel like they would not need us. They're kind of opposites. Okay, but I feel like that's they work fair. Together, right? I think I think that could happen, but Frankenfurter would need to tone it down. Because I think he could maybe scare the Babadook away. That's if true. If he tried to just drop him in the deep end and was like, I come to my orgy that I'm hosting, the yeah. Babadook would be like, no. Yeah, but I feel like I feel like Frank is going to love like a mystery. Yeah, I feel like once you get he gets to know you more, he's like, oh, you're just kind of boring. Like, I know everything about you, whatever. But mm-hmm. I feel like the Babadook is always going to have him guessing. You know, overall, I feel like they could be there for each mm-hmm. other, and it'd be kind of mm-hmm. beautiful. I was going to say, I think between the two of them... Like, you know, I like the idea of having a partner who's, like, into a lot of things. And, like, mm-hmm. very experimental. I think that's very fun and sexy. But emotionally, I don't think I could handle Frankenfurter long term. I think he would, like, rock my world. And then I would be like, oh, it's I'm never going to have you. And yeah. that would be really hard for me. So yeah. I think, I think the, I do like the appeal of the Babadook with, like, he's kind of a weird little man. But honestly, I can work with that. <laughs> So, like, yeah, so if you had to pick one, you would pick the Babadook. Yeah, it's like I want a one-night stand with Frankenfurter. Mm. I want to know what he can do, you know, because I feel like he's fucked a lot of people and he's probably very good at it. So I would love a one-night stand with Frankenfurter, but I don't want to try and get in a relationship with that or even, like, a long-term, like, fuck buddy situation. But, yeah, if I had to pick one for, like, 
this is the one I'm going to emotionally invest in, I'd probably pick the Babadook. Yeah. No, that, that's a really fair point. I feel like the idea of them, I would really want to go with Frankenfurter because mm-hmm. he's so fun and interesting. You know, it would just be great to, like, be his. I think I would want, I would want to, like, fuck him. And, like... I just want to know what it's like. Like, just one time. Yeah. You, you know? know I've, like, I've, trying ecstasy. Like, <laughs> just one time. You know, I feel... Actually, I feel like I want... I want to be, like, friends with benefits. Okay. Like, if I was single. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, Frank, what's... Like, I would want to be a guest at this party. It's like, hey, Frank, yeah, let's mm-hmm. fuck. But, yeah, if I'm really... If, I, if I'm going to invest in a guy and really, like... If I want to take him home to Ma, <laughs> it's going to have to be the Bob Yeah. Dick. I feel like he's... Once again, he's mysterious. It may be really hard it's, to get to know him. I was going to say, it's the whole thing of, like, Frank is the person that you want to, like, dance up on in the club, mm. but the Babadook's the one who you're going to be getting, like, hangover food with yeah. the next morning. Yeah, that's who you want to go yeah. home to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think... How many fucks would you give each one? <laughs> out of... Out of ten? Ten, ten fucks? Yeah. For me, yeah, well, I no, would give... Know exactly one fuck to Frankenfurter. <laughs> oh. But it'd be the best fuck. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, the best fuck. Um, but the Babadook, I'd probably give maybe like three fucks. Wow, three very low. Fuck. I, I like that I could invest in him emotionally, but I do feel like he needs a lot of hand-holding, and I feel like he needs to work on himself first. That's Go right. to therapy. <laughs> I know you're depressed. Go to therapy. Yeah. And then we can talk. Yeah. It's like, I want to be with you, but I can't be your therapist yeah. and, and your girlfriend. Yeah. I just on hotness alone, I'm going to have to give Frank and Furter like six and a half bucks. Okay. Fair. I just love looking at him. Yeah. Also, I want to point out that not only has Frank and Furter fucked a lot of humans, he's an alien from a completely different planet. Who knows what kind of fucky, like, fucky shit, kind of <laughs> funky, crazy kind of shit. genitalia he has going yeah, on. Or just like other... I don't know, That's just true. any other techniques. True. So yeah, I'm going to have to, I'd give him six and a half bucks on sex in this alone. Yeah, the Babadook, I would probably have to give like a a four. You know, that's just, that's just him, but that's also, I think I have to give him an extra star for being a gay icon. When, <laughs> you know, for coming, coming, kind of coming out of the left field. Yeah. Yeah, a four, a four and a 6.5. Definitely not as high as the first episode, but we mm-hmm. were, we were, we were throwing out some high ballers. In that yeah, one. we did. We started we started with the A team on that one. <laughs> now we're B team. So next time Next time on Monster Smash, uh, I will be doing Edward Scissorhands and Alex, who's your monster? I'm gonna be doing Frankenstein's monster. Oh I said Frankenstein's monster, nobody come for me. You if know. you wanna watch the movies ahead of time, formulate your own thoughts, uh, let us know. Let us know. And also please twat us on Twitter. Um You know, uh, let oh us know. Lord. Please Twat us on Twitter at uh, Monster Smash Pod. We are Monster Smash Podcast on Twitter. We are. We are uh, at Monster Smash Podcast on Instagram, or our Gmail is at Monster Smash Pod. You know, let us know any other thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, concerns about our podcast. We this is our first podcast ever. We're trying our best, so you know, just let us just know how we're doing. Just smush that like and subscribe. Smush button. it. Smoosh it. Smoosh that like smush and subscribe. Smoosh it. Button. And that's been the podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.